The Author Hangout, episode number 117. This is probably the only thing in my life that is actually making the world better. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. I should double down on this. So it kind of renewed this passion and this fire in me uh, to double down. Welcome to the Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean Manaher. Welcome to another episode of the Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. He was a C-level student and self-professed bad writer. But all that changed when he wrote his first best-selling book at age 18. From there, he's gone on to write five best-selling books, including The Productive Person, Book Launch, and his most recent published The Proven Path from Blank Page to Published Author. In just a few short years, he's taken his passion for books in a meaningful why and built it into a multi-million dollar business. Please welcome entrepreneur and author Chandler Bolt. Chandler, thanks for joining me on The Author Hangout. Sean, thanks for having me. Great to be here. You're welcome. And Chandler, why don't we, you've been here before a couple times, and so I want to give folks an idea who haven't heard from you, like your backstory. How did it all start for you in writing that first book? Yeah, so the first book for me was called The Productive Person. Uh, basically, that book uh, just kind of blew up. Uh, it, it went way better than I expected. Uh, I didn't expect <laughs> it to really do much, but uh, it started bringing in, you know, it brought in like close to $7,000 in the first month and continued to bring in thousands of dollars a month in passive income. So it was really about the lessons I'd learned from, from running a six-figure business while also being a full-time college student and how I fit all that in, which is like the productivity hacks and things that I did to get things done. Uh, and it was that in a book. And so that was the first book. It took off. I did another book for charity uh, and then helped a friend do a book. And then people started asking about how I was doing all these books and then started teaching people and I've done a, a few more books all the way up into where we are now, where uh, the sixth book is coming out soon. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, 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 the big picture snapshot. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we didn't mention, my, my fault on that, is that you're, you're the owner of Self-Publishing School. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Self-Publishing School, it's an online training program. Uh, we teach people how to write, market, and publish their first book, and then really how to use that book. Uh, to grow their income, their authority, or their business. Uh, so we're, you know, our stance is a lot about, okay, how do you leverage the book uh, for back-end income and for back-end revenue? So that's the gist of it. It's an online training program, and we've been running that since, uh, gosh, I guess a couple years now. And, uh, you know, we've had thousands of people go through that program, tons of successful authors that, that most people would probably know or that you've seen their stuff. Um, a lot of people have come through self-publishing school. So it's been a fun ride and we're still growing. I mean, our ultimate yep. goal is to, to put the publishers out of business and to show people that self-publishing isn't just a option. It's the best option. So it's not the redheaded stepchild, <laughs> the thing that you do when you can't get a publisher. It's actually the right. best, most viable option. And we feel like uh, that's the change that we're creating. So, And, and talking about change and, and, we're here to talk about actually your book published the proven path from blank page to publish author. But as I read the book and I, and I read it in, in its entirety, I was actually compelled to start things off by asking you this question. Yep. Why not like, not why you wrote the book. We'll get to that and we'll talk about the details, but 
why are you so driven? Like, why are you so passionate? Like, what's what's the driving force behind Chandler Bolt? Because if anybody just gets to know you and hears you, hears you talk, there's something. There's a meaningful why behind you. So I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about that. Yeah, of course. So that's, you know, obviously something that I, I it's a story that I talk about in the in in the book as well, and it's it's one of you know a couple years ago, actually just a little bit over two years ago, uh, it, it, I, I was on a cruise uh, with a company called Student Painters. So um, this was a company I'd been with at the time, and it was an internship, and they taught me a ton of amazing things, just incredible experience. And every year they would send the top performers on this cruise, and I'm on this cruise, uh, and on the very last day. Um, there was just a really tragic accident and uh, a good friend of mine, Kendall, he actually fell two stories, uh, landed on his head uh, right in front of me. Uh, and then shortly thereafter passed away. Uh, and as you can imagine um, with an experience like that, you know, I've never had a friend literally, you know, die right in front of me. Uh, and yeah. it was a pretty tragic experience. And it kind of shook me to the core. And what actually happened was also that weekend, I came into port uh, and I started getting all these text messages uh, and found out that my grandma had also died that weekend. And so yeah. it, it kind of, this, the whole experience kind of shook me to the core. And I was in this uh, pretty special moment of my life, you know, a pivot point of my life where I dropped out of school. I was running a business. It wasn't, it wasn't very successful. Uh, I, you know, I was getting burnt out from just trying to make it work. And, you know, you, you know, maybe some of your listeners can relate or it's just like, you're trying to pay the bills, uh, and you're mm. trying, you know, rent st is still due every single month and you're trying to make this thing work. And, uh, you know, I was getting pretty burnt out and this shook me to my core. I remember, uh, crying, walking through the airport, uh, getting my flight changed, crying the whole flight. The lady next to me must, must have thought I was a crazy person. Uh, and, and going back home uh, to South Carolina, I was supposed to go back to my new home in California, but I, instead I went back home uh, to, uh, to South Carolina and uh, just really had a week to decompress. And, you know, we went to the funeral and, and all these things. And after the funeral, I had a conversation with Kendall's dad. And he said, you know, Kendall was my only son. Uh, he was the family name. And I'm old. I can't have kids anymore. He said the only good that can come out of this is if other people's lives were positively impacted because of this, because this happened. Uh, and, and that was the moment for me where, you know, kind of a, a punch in the gut where, or where I just said, you know what, this, this is my responsibility, this is my duty, my obligation to make sure uh, that other people's lives are positively impacted because of this, this happened. So that's where, you know, I, I it kind of lit this fire under me to where Kendall, uh, the night before he passed away, uh, he was telling me about his five-year goals, uh, what he wanted to accomplish, all of these things. And all of those things are things that he will never get to accomplish. And so I just remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm living for two now. I had these big lofty dreams, but now I need to also help Kendall accomplishes accomplish his, uh, and so that really set me on a path uh, to to do what I'm doing now. And I found out that uh, Kendall had actually, right before he passed away, had written a book, uh, and he had attended one of my early webinars. And through that, he wrote a book, and his friends helped publish it after he passed away. Uh, and that book 
it like his legacy lives in that book, right? So I just remember thinking about that and asking two questions of myself, which one was, okay, if I were to pass away tomorrow, just like Kendall mm-hmm. just did, would I be happy with the life that I lived? Uh, mm-hmm. And the answer was definitely not. Uh, and so then that prompted a second question, was, which is, what am I doing about it? What am I doing today to make the world a better place? And so when I kind of saw what Kendall was able to do with that book and I saw uh, what students were having success with self-publishing school, I said, you know what? This is probably the only thing in my life that is actually making the world better. <laughs> mm. uh, and so yeah. I should double down on this. So it kind of renewed this passion and this fire in me uh, to double down. So Chandler, it's definitely hard to pivot from what you shared about Kendall, but it's really the reason why you wrote Publish, the proven path from blank page to publish author. So can you share with us a an overview of the book and who this is for? Yeah, so the overview of the book is that it is the proven path from blank page to published author. You know, uh, that is the subtitle, but it, it really is true because so this is the 10,000 foot view on how to write, market, and publish your first book in 90 days or less. That's really what this is. Uh, And the reason this came about is because, you know, I tried to write my first book and it was, it was a cluster bomb. It was just, (laughs) I mean, you can just imagine trying, you know, you're like Googling blog posts and I just remember thinking to myself, I wish there was just someone who had this step-by-step process because, you know, I'm, I'm an executor. So if someone gives me the you know a step by step process I can follow, then I'll just execute on it. Uh, but a lot of times, if I don't know what to do, I get trapped into this whole like, oh well, do I do this first? Do I do this second? Should I do this? Should I do that? And so I said, you know what? I I this is what I wish I had when I wrote my first book, and that's the step by step process from blank page all the way up to pub- published author. You mentioned this 30-day writing challenge and why authors uh, should use it, but can you tell us a little bit more about that 30-day challenge? Yes, uh, there's multiple reasons because I think uh, I'm a firm believer in Parkinson's law, which says that an object will swell in proportion to the amount of time or the amount of resources you give it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like if you, you know, if you went to school, you, you probably remember there was, you know, you have a deadline for a paper or a deadline for an assignment, right? Well, mm-hmm. what ends up happening for most people that aren't like super type A achievers, <laughs> uh, and even if you are, this still probably happens, is you stay up all night the night before or you cram in right before the deadline, right? That's Parkinson's law. The fact that the average American spends 3% more than they earn, that's Parkinson's law. You can get a raise, but that doesn't matter because then you'll just start spending more money, right? So I'm a firm believer in Parkinson's law. And so the fact that most people give themselves years to complete a book, I think is a shame because if you talk to any published author, even if they go through a traditional publisher, when do they finish the book? Two, in the two months right before their manuscript deadline. Like Everybody's the same way. You get, you get the most done when, when the pressure's on and when it's down to the wire. So I'm a firm believer in that. And therefore, that's why I say, hey, let's do this 30-day challenge. Uh, and also... The biggest thing that I see that trips people up from becoming an author uh, is that they don't finish their rough draft. Uh, We all Mm. know someone who has a a quote-unquote perfectly written five chapters. These are five chapters that they've been working on for five years now, (laughs) uh, and this book will never get finished. 
So I, I, I'm a firm believer in get the rough draft finished. I think that's the first step you have to take. And once you get the rough draft finished, you'll actually, and it'll be a ridiculously rough, rough draft. Uh, it, but once you get that point, once you get to that point, you'll look back and you'll say, oh, this is actually possible. And you'll start to see the light mm. at the end of the tunnel. So I really challenge people because uh, the, the the immediate reaction that I get from that is, oh, 30 days you're writing a book. That book right. sucks. It's probably crappy. It's not any good, all that stuff, right? But I actually I actually think it's better because you're fo- – you know, as opposed to writing five minutes a day for five years and then trying to pull that into a cohesive thought, you're you're giving undivided attention to this book, extreme attention – for an extended period of time. So that's why the 30-day challenge, uh, both from the Parkinson's Law perspective and from the importance of getting that rough draft finished. So Chandler, you talked about this draft and getting getting it done within this 30 days. And you had said oh, in working with an editor that there's this three and a half week cycle. And I know this is detailed, but you talk about a three and a half week cycle of working with an editor. Can you give us an idea of what that looks like through the program that you're recommending? Yeah. So, you know, again, I get some flack for how much I push people to do things faster. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> just kind of always been the nature of how I operate. I'm a, I'm a full throttle kind of guy. Uh, and so I'm, you know, it drives my team crazy because I'm always driving them to get <laughs> things done faster. And I, you know, it's just part of who I am is just, I. I just drive things and push things. And so I get some flack for this whole, you know, in fact, on book launch, I talk about a similar process. Book launch is my last book. It's got 600 something reviews on Amazon. It's uh, been relatively successful. And one of the, like, I think it's actually the top review is, is it says that the book is misleading. It's like, Hey, it's a great book, but misleading in one place. And they actually talk about that, that there's no possible way to edit a book in two and a half, three and a half weeks. Uh, And I would actually Mm -hmm. argue against that. Again, Parkinson's law here, like it can and probably will stretch a little bit past that if you let it. But you can at least get 80 percent of the editing done in those three and a half weeks. So the timeline, there's two types of editing. Excuse me. There's um, content editing, editing and copy editing. So content editing is is more of the structural. We're talking, okay, how are you saying this? What needs to go here? You should remove this chapter. This needs a little bit more work to it. Could you add a story here, add an example here, that, that sort of thing. Copy editing uh, is your basic editing, right? It's punctuation, spelling, grammar, periods, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So copy editing is very, very cheap, uh, and it's a dime a dozen. Content editing is where the real skill happens. So you can either hire two separate editors, one for content, one for copy, or you can have the same editor perform both skills. And then you can obviously, if you want to, uh, have, have someone else do another pass from a copy edit perspective. But from, for simplicity's sake, I like to split those up, and then I like to let people know when they're bidding on the job uh, that I want them to do both types of editing. Uh, now, it's also important when you're doing a time frame like this that you let them know the time frame, you let them know the expectation and what the mm-hmm. back and forth is going to look like. So that's kind of what I outline in the book. But really, uh, most of getting someone to deliver on a tight time timeline is just actually communicating that timeline up front. 
Uh, and if because if if they don't like it, they won't apply for the gig. And if they right. if they're willing to do it, then they will. And then they'll do a great job. Right. And so I, I like to map it out and I'll I'll even go down to, OK, you give me the first revisions here. I'm going to have two days to go through it. Then I'll send it back. Then you'll have three days to go through it. Then you'll send it back. Then uh, we'll do you know, you'll do your, you'll have three days to do your final copy edit. Then you'll send it back and I'll give the final review. Right. So I even break it down into that. Uh, otherwise, your three and a half weeks are just going to slip by. Uh, and, and so you have to put a little bit of pressure uh, on the editor. Uh, but what I found is that when you clearly communicate it up front, they're, they're totally fine to do it if they have the schedule. And if not, they just won't apply for the gig. And from there, once the book is edited and then you're now, I know we're fast forwarding this because we only have 30 minutes. You have to get so much in. But you talk about building buzz for your book as part of the pre-launch phase of things. What does that look like for a new author? That is a great question. So the, the, the whole concept is you want to make people feel like they're seeing behind the, the curtains of your red carpet premiere. Right mm. now, well, what's a red carpet premiere if you don't have a red carpet? <laughs> A.K. What's a what's a a book launch if you don't have an audience? And and that's where uh, for someone who doesn't have an audience, like there's just no way around it. You're gonna have to hustle for every you know. You're gonna have to scrap for every uh, piece of publicity that you get, every piece of attention that you get. And so when you're building buzz, I like to tap into existing social media if you have it. I realize not everyone has that. For me, that's kind of uh, my platform to just communicate with people. So I, I, the important distinction here, though, is most people, they go into a cave, they write a book, they come out of said cave and say, hey, guys, you should buy my book. And then they just repeat that message for five weeks, and then they stop talking about the book. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. how most people launch a book. But I argue that you should start the conversation from the day that you start the book and make people feel like they're a part of your journey. So they're behind the scenes. So, you're, you know, you're, you're just kind of teasing it out. And, and you, you'll notice because we're, we're friends on Facebook, Sean. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just always throwing out random stuff of like goofy pictures or, you know, and oftentimes I won't even put the like right now I'm pre-selling my book and I'll post and I won't even I won't even put the link to where it's pre-sold in that post. And for most people, they would say, oh, well, that's dumb marketing. But, you know, I, I really do feel like it's getting people behind the scenes. And by doing so, they're so excited by the time your book finally launches that it, it feels like it's their book that's being launched. So they're much more likely to support it. So you have to scrap for every piece that you get. And then ultimately, one of the best ways to build buzz as a first-time author is to build a launch team. And so that's uh, it's, it's a fancy word for a group of people that support your book. So I have people apply to be on the launch team. Uh, there's what they get and what they give, right? Uh, the, what they give is they're going to read the book ahead of time. They're going to give it a review on day one. Uh, and then they're going to do whatever they can to spread the word. What they get is a free copy of the book. They get to see the behind the scenes of your book launch, you know, get around other cool, inspiring people. And then I like to put their name in the book. Uh, so that makes kind of like a cherry on top sort of thing. Mm. And for people who might be a good fit for your book launch team, uh, this could be colleagues, friends, coworkers, the mom at your son's t-ball practice, you know, anyone. When you don't have an audience, you really do have to be shameless uh, and, and not worry about asking people to be a part because uh, chances are they're often more willing uh, and interested than you think they are. 
And one of the themes that's resounding through your book and one of the things that we just talk about a lot here is we all start at zero. Whether it's an email list, social media, launching books, we all start at zero. Stephen King started at zero at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, Chandler Bolt started at zero. Sean Manher started at zero. But now uh, over a process of time, we get to a different place and we can do different things uh, with that. So great stuff with that. You talk about in your book that there are four launches, the free launch strategy, the 99 cent launch strategy, the traditional launch strategy, free plus shipping launch strategy. There are four. You outline them in very clear terms, who this is for, why they should do it, and how they can do it. Love it. I think it's very powerful for authors to really just pick one and run with it. What are you doing to launch your book? And can you break down that strategy for us? 100%. And that's a great question. I mean, the the uh, I, I, I'm with you in the sense that I like to learn from people who are doing, not learn from people who are just talking. Uh, so yep. the best way to learn is, is to see what people are actually doing. So for me, uh, what we're doing is a combination. We're doing the free plus shipping uh, model. So that's the ultimate goal. So I'm a big... Uh, begin with the end in mind kind of guy. So, you know, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, begin with the end in mind. So mm -hmm. for us, defining success for the book, the purpose of this book was to drive leads for self-publishing school uh, and to establish ourselves further as an authority in this space. Now, I say the purpose, that's the purpose for me. Obviously, the purpose is going to be different for the actual book, for the end reader. The purpose mm -hmm. for that is different. Um, a lot of times when I ask people, what's the purpose for your book? They tell me the purpose for their reader, which is not actually the purpose for what they want to do with the book. I just like to clarify that. So yeah. those, are two, those are two totally different things. So the purpose for me for this book is drive leads, drive authority for self-publishing school. So therefore, the whole marketing strategy trickled down from that, meaning we need to get a free plus shipping book funnel converting to cold traffic. That's the number one goal. Um, the, second, the second goal to drive authority uh, that means two things. That means doing a lot of PR, uh, and that also means getting a lot of backlinks for self-publishing school, our site, because that's where our authority is housed, which is a long-term SEO play for us. Um, so that, those are the two most important things. So there's obviously with any book, there's a thousand things that you can do to market it, only a handful that actually work. So we, we're turning down a ton of things that we could be doing because once you get clear on what you want, it's like, okay, well, unless it's a podcast interview or something that will get a backlink for self-publishing school or something that helps that free plus shipping book funnel uh, convert better, I'm not interested in it. Uh, and so those are the, those are the two lenses that I'm looking through. And obviously we'll leave a lot of book sales on the table, but that's fine because I just decided that this this uh, book launch is not the most important thing to me. The longevity of this book is more important. So I'm not kind of wasting mm -hmm. all my rounds in the first week. I'm I'm trying to build more of a sustainable uh, more of a sustainable base that will continue to sell copies of this book. And can you give us a 30 second overview of what free plus shipping looks like as a strategy? Great question. Yeah. So basically, it's a uh, people can get the hard copy for free. Um, if you want to see what this looks like, you can go to self-publishingschool.com forward slash published. Uh, that's published with an ED. Uh, and, and so you can see what that looks like. But basically, you, you know, I give away the book for free. People just pay shipping and handling. And then there's a couple of upsells on the back of that. And that helps to pay for the traffic that we send there. So the goal is 
uh, to get break-even or better customers. So if we can break even and get a customer, we'll do that all day long. So that's the goal of a free plus shipping book funnel. So where – and this, this is actually your strategy worked because I've been trying to search for where is the link in order for people to get your book. Uh, I didn't know where it was. I know that I, I received the book uh, as we had been talking and, and I got that book from you. But there wasn't a link for me to fill it out. So where do people actually get published? Yeah, so uh, it'll be on Amazon December 6th, which is the launch date. Uh, but then now and for as long as we have these free copies of the book, you can go to self dash publishing school.com forward slash published. So Chandler, the last question that we love to ask everybody that's on the show uh, is this. If you were starting over just a few years ago, but if you're starting all over again as a self-published author, what three things would you tell yourself to do to help you sell more books? I'd say be more specific. So get specific with the positioning of your book. Start building an email list. That's so important. I would do it how I do it now, which is giving away a free audiobook at the beginning uh, of every book. And then the third would be know where, know where you want to go after the book. Like what is the end goal for the reader? So is that to uh, a back-end course? Is that to something else? Like what does that look like? And design the book with that in mind. Fantastic. Chandler, as we close this episode out for the Author Hangout, why don't you share with people how they can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure thing. Yeah, so we publish a lot of content over on self-publishingschool.com. You can certainly check out a lot of free content uh, over there or just find me on Facebook. I'm hanging out there. Fantastic. Chandler, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Author Hangout. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Sean. Want to put your discounted book deal in front of thousands of avid readers eager to discover new talent? Reading Deals Book Promotions lets you do just that by featuring your book in targeted daily emails that reach over 35,000 subscribers looking for great books just like yours. Plus, we'll tweet your book promotion to our 100,000 plus Twitter followers, extend your reach, get your book discovered, and grow your audience today. Visit readingdeals.com submit to ensure your book succeeds in an increasingly competitive marketplace. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com.